up, everybody? It's your girl, J-Ray the Fanatic. I am joined right now by a good friend who is out in Atlanta. You guys know him. His Taylor Reed. How you doing? What's happening? What's happening? How are you? Taylor Reed's, T- Taylor's been super patient with me because I we tried to do this earlier, but we had technical difficulties. And it's like, you know, super lit. What time is it in Atlanta right now? It is, let us see. It's 11.37 p.m. here in Atlanta. Ooh. See, he he hanging in there with me. No, I'm still, 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 still early for a hustler. It's all good. <laughs> right? It's all good. So you were in Chicago last week, right? I was in Chicago. I took a brief little detour um, to New York, a little clandestine trip, a little in and out. And now I'm mm-hmm. back, in, been back in Atlanta. So I've been bouncing around and a little bit. I've been some everywhere. But that's a blessing too. I know so. you always all over the place. What's your what's your hat? Um, this is uh this is um a notorious figure by the name of Pablo Escobar. Um, can you see it? Uh, it's, I can see it, it's dope. I like it. This <laughs> this came from his house in Colombia. How'd you get it? In a gift shop in his house. That, you probably can't tell me that. No, you know what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um so the sacramento kings played tonight um but they had to start almost a half hour late because of protesters outside the protesters were um in response to yet another black man unarmed black man getting murdered by police um did you did you see that story so you you and i have talked about this at at length, what what was your, especially as a black man, knowing that, and I'm sorry, America, I know you guys don't like to hear this, but we just, we talk facts around We here. don't care so, if um, you don't like to hear <laughs> yeah. She's not sorry. Yes. Excuse me. I, I'm, yeah, Pardon. that part. But the fact of the matter is, especially you as a black man, knowing that you are a target from, by people who are supposed to protect and serve, when you see this happening over and over and over again, how, what's your first thought? Um, I stopped being surprised a long time ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Black men will be able to relate fully to this. Black women will be able to relate fully to this because as our biggest advocates, you all are are privy firsthand to, to this. There are certain things that I think about every day before I leave the house, namely circumstances that I can avoid to make it home that night. It's a daily thought. Mm-hmm. It's a daily thought for me when I'm when I'm going out into the world whether something is going to happen and I'm not going to make it home. And it's mm. it's from my perspective and from what I've taken from people of other backgrounds, I believe it's a different and more intense experience for me as a black man than it is anybody else. Now, I fear going out of my patio door that leads to my backyard, I fear going out that door one day in a few weeks when it's warm outside and getting on the grill and the police driving by and feeling whatever reason to come into the backyard and me having my phone in my hand and getting shot because they perceived it as a weapon and they feared for their safety as we you know, become so accustomed to hearing. It's a very, every time this happens, it's a very visceral reaction for me. 
as a black man. And like I said, I know mm -hmm. other black men can relate directly to it. I would venture to say that I can mm -hmm. speak for all of us when I say that. And the thing that bothers me, it doesn't bother me because it used to bother me a whole lot. But now I've come to realize that that's just the way it is. I don't accept it, but I recognize it, that white people won't be able to relate to that because their day-to-day -day experience, the default settings for America is white. Anything that deviates from that default setting doesn't have to be recognized or accounted for or taken serious because it's outside of the spectrum of what's foundationally normal for America. This country was built for the comfort and the 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 comfort it's, it was built for white people to thrive so recognizing and giving energy to something that would equalize equality to to white people feels like oppression right because which is you sad. know it's very very because sad. it changes the dynamic that that they're used to living by you know what mm -hmm. I mean? If 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 yeah. we were truly treated as equals in society, then the response to Black Lives Matter wouldn't be all lives matter. Because if right. you're gonna if because you're gonna if all lives matter, yeah. we wouldn't be trying to if tell you. Refute, it's <laughs> like it's like you know it's like going to a breast cancer rally and yelling all cancer matters. Right, you right. Know, it's that done. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We understand that, but. Yeah. Currently right now. I think my at this at this point, I'm I'm because you, when we go online and we read what the Sacramento Kings did, they ended up avoiding. They didn't do the player introductions to kind of make up for that time. And, and the exact amount of time, I think, was only like 23 minutes that they were held over for these protests, valid protests, which, by the way, are going to go silent in a day or two, maybe yeah. a week tops. And politicians aren't going to do anything, unlike politicians who are now taking a stand against the NRA because these white kids keep flipping out and shooting up schools. But, you know, that's, like you said, that's kind of just the way it is, and it's disheartening. But I would just love to see, and I know I won't see it in my lifetime, and I know, it. in all honesty, it will probably never happen, but I would love to see the Sacramento Kings, instead of issuing a statement that says, oh, we gave our, our fans free refreshments, I would love to see a statement that says, we are going to hire private security. We are no longer going to have the police department provide our security for our games because we have not seen a change in the system that targets black people. Like, I would love to see somebody take some bold, out-of-pocket stance like that that says, hey, you know what? Black lives do matter. We haven't shown you that, but we're going to start. And it's just unfortunate that that's never going to happen. And the sad part about that is... That's a stance that won't be taken by a league that's 80% black. Exactly. Um, like, how do you reconcile that? How do you reconcile saying, hey, almost all of our players are black, but, you know, we don't care that they shooting y'all. Like, that doesn't even make business sense. But sure it does. Because it, it, it makes business <laughs> House, It <right>? makes business <laughs> sense because their bottom line is associated with them maintaining status quo. You realize how much mm -hmm. money they would lose because they outnumber us and they control the money. So for mm -hmm. them to take a stance like that, there's sadly, if if the players decided to take a 
take a stance like that. There's a thousand guys waiting for a shot at the NBA that will replace them right away. Um, mm-hmm. If if and you the think team, be, you think if black players took that stance, like you think that other black people would basically cross the picket line to, even though it's in, not in their best interest to do so. First of all, so? I think the NBA has done a way better job than players have of recognizing and, and being vocal. A way better job than than, than the NFL has. So I, I NFL, you know yeah. make that mm-hmm. distinction and 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 give them their recognition for that. They're players that are very very outspoken and that are very active in seeking change for Black America. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is their voice and their action is directly tied with their relationship with the NBA. You know, like it, right. it, it they they, they mm-hmm. become easily silenced when they sever that relationship. The NBA mm-hmm. is a part of the capitalist machine. Government is a part of the capitalist machine. So the NBA screwing this relationship with the policymakers who ultimately are going to support the police. It's kind of, it's that weird, weird thing that's juxtaposed with all of these parts that are, you know, that have to work together. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, it I'm not saying it can be done because I, I give all the props in the world to the players that, you know, it's, it's a weird position to be in. It's easy for us as, as the pundits or as, you know, like the, the ones that, that are sitting back, sitting back and kind of, kind of speaking on what's going on to say what we would, we would right. do. But I recognize the fact that mm-hmm. I'm not in those shoes and it's gotta be, it's gotta right. be difficult for those players, one, to, to have, have a dream because I believe those guys are, are, are aware of what's going on and, and they're affected by it. You know, a lot of those guys mm-hmm. are the same age as the guy that got shot and killed in his own backyard. That could have been one of them. In his own you know? backyard. How, that, how does that even happen? How do the police decide? I, I, I don't know. I just get so tired of talking about this kind of stuff. But I know. I, and the sad part is, is I'm thankful that I don't have children. Because my heart goes out to parents that have to see these headlines and have to sit their 13-year-old black son down and like, look. Because how do you explain that? Because you can tell your son, look, just do everything they say. Put your hands up. But we've seen time and time again that that does not matter. They will shoot you anyway. So how do you have this conversation with your child and say, oh, you need to respect authority, but at the same time instilling them so they know that that authority doesn't respect your life. So you have to do everything you can to avoid that authority. That is a weird conversation to have with a child. And I'm just really thankful that I don't have to have it. (laughs) So my heart goes out to the parents that do, but I can't even imagine having that conversation. But I still, even though you're right, I, I agree that it's easy for me to say, oh, I would give up all these millions and millions of dollars that I'm not making. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I think we have to do yeah. something. I don't know if that means, look, let's send all of our kids to historically black colleges. Y'all gonna, we're not giving, you start. know, you gonna come get us from us. You know, I've been saying that for years and I think that that's something that we really need to do. But again, how do you get all black people We've been convinced as a culture and as a people that we need them in order to thrive. You know, we we, we could bring up the movie Black Panther, which I think was, you know, was Mm -hmm. a great, great film to cause a paradigm shift with black people as it relates to capitalism. Because in that movie, we saw a thriving black economy 
that's greatest mm-hmm. asset was that it wasn't tainted by colonization. The outside you know world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that one, one bigger than anything, as 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 apparent as a racial element is, and and it cannot be negated. Bigger than anything, mm-hmm. dollars control everything, and until there's mm-hmm. there's a unified movement as far as the black community to control the the inflow and outflow of our dollars, we'll see minimal, mm-hmm. if any, change. Um, we 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 have you know trillion dollar buying power within the black community, and mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. we retain the least of our dollar as as it relates to right. different races, ethnicities, whatever. Um, so. You know, the big thing is, you know, and, and this is something that, you know, you spoke with Jason about, you know, shout out to shout out to my brother, Jason Warner. Um, you know, the big thing is, is, is financial literacy and and controlling what we do with our dollars. And then I feel like once I, I feel like once we're able to go to the table, because that's why we're not respected. You know what I mean? The gay com- the gay community is respected when they take a stance on something. Because immediately they know how to mobilize and say, okay, either y'all going to do what we say and do what we want, or we're going to take our money away. So that's when you see major corporations back down and concede to whatever the demands of the LGBTQ community is. The Jewish Mm -hmm. community, you know, people always like, you know, people always try to compare, you know, with the, the Jews got over the Holocaust. No, they didn't. You can't get over something like that. Not at all. What the, Jew, yeah. what the no. Jewish community did was leverage their their assets financially, and you you mm-hmm. know from living in LA how tight knit the the mm-hmm. Jewish community is, and, and how brilliantly they navigated the community. Somebody owns a hospital, Cedar Sinai. You know, yeah. somebody owns the bank, somebody owns the grocery store, somebody owns, you right. know, like the, the, the law firm, somebody owns, you know, and, and they're all friends or family. And they they just pass their dollars around to each other like hot potatoes. So nobody loses. Yeah. We scared to do business. We're scared yeah. to do business with each other. We we're, we're not mm-hmm. trusting of, of each other as a community. Um. Mm-hmm. And we find validation in things that are produced or generated or respected outside our community. That was Taylor Reed, everybody. Unfortunately, we did have some technical difficulties, so the call did drop. But fear not, because Taylor Reed has promised he will be with us every weekend. So make sure you check out the weekend edition of Game On next weekend. But in the meantime, before we get out of here, I really just wanted to address the situation developing with uh, Michael Bennett. Um, <laughs> I don't mean to laugh because it's not funny. Um, it's not funny at all um, because this is just flat out a lynch mob Um these charges, I feel like if you have a, what, second grade education and you read what's going on, then you know that this is definitely some retaliation. For those of you who don't know, Michael Bennett definitely was one of the people who protested police brutality. I need to emphasize that because when you guys keep saying he's protesting the flag or he's protesting the anthem, that that is ignorance. Stop saying that. Stop having this ignorant dialogue when I know you know the truth. They are protesting police brutality and the fact that 
we just had to talk about, again, yet another unarmed black man being murdered by a police officer. So stop playing dumb. It's, it's getting on my nerves. <laughs> just don't do it. You know what it, you know what time it is. But anyway, he um, protested um, police brutality and police getting away with murder um, during the national anthem last year. And he also um, was detained after the uh, Floyd and McGregor fight last year in Vegas, and he said that the police use excessive force. But of course, in true American fashion, the Las Vegas Police Department said they had no evidence whatsoever, even though we all saw the video, but uh, no evidence that excessive force was used, which again was a falsehood. But anyway, so now we're moving on to um, Michael was with the, um, he's with the the Eagles right now, uh, but he was traded. Now here's the thing, you know, as well as I know, if there was any pending legal charges that were coming up against Michael Bennett, Eagles would not have taken that trade. They wouldn't have done it because they want to make sure that their asset is protected, right? Nonetheless, February 5th, 2017. <laughs> Apparently, when he was um, at the Super Bowl to watch his brother play, he tried to get on the field, and um, they wouldn't allow him. According to the story, and I'm going to tell you why it's an asinine story in a minute, but according to the story, he tried to go down onto the field. Security was like, no, you can't get on the field here. You have to go down to the other end of the field to get on. And he, at that point, proceeded to just push his way through security to get onto the field to to see his brother. Okay, that in and of itself does not warrant um, police charges. But now what they're saying is that he let me just read it to you as they said it, because (laughs) this is hilariously funny to me because the amount of stupidity you have to have just to be okay with putting this into print is mind boggling to me. So according to the D.A., um, NRG, which is the security personnel that secures the field at the stadium, um, NRG security personnel were on the field that security personnel included a 66-year-old paraplegic woman. <laughs> I'm not... Okay, look. All due respect to our, our um, physically challenged and handicapped people, that's not the thing. But on, on no planet... Do you have a paraplegic running your own security? That it does not happen anytime, anywhere, for any reason. It doesn't happen. But according to the DA's office, NRG has a 66-year-old paraplegic woman on their security detail. And when uh, Bennett pushed through everybody, he pushed through her, causing her to fall. And then she has a shoulder injury. And now he could face up to 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. There's no evidence. There's no video evidence of this actually taking place. On top of that, police did not pursue the case because they felt that there was no seriousness to it. And they just brought charges today. I'm getting tired. Like, I really am. I'm getting tired of having to have these conversations. Part of the reason I'm getting tired of having these conversations is because I feel like at this point, black people, we are allowing these conversations to be had. We are not standing our ground. And I've said it before and I've said it again, whether it's a romantic relationship, business relationship, personal relationship, 
People will only treat you the way you allow them to treat you. And if you don't think that we are allowing this, consider this. And before the civil rights movement, black people made up one sixth of the wealth in this country. One sixth. As of 2017, we make up one tenth. So we're going backwards and we're going backwards because, you know, during the civil rights movements, there were no Jay-Z's, no Oprah Winfrey's, no LeBron James, all that didn't exist. So when you consider the financial influences we have in the black community now, and we've still gone backwards as far as our, come on, man, like at some point, some point we have to take responsibility and say, okay, we have asked as nicely as we possibly can. When we march, they spray water on us. When we take a knee, they call us all kinds of names, anything that they can possibly think of to not acknowledge the truth. Fine. Let that be that. But we need to make our own infrastructure. I know people hate when I say that, but we need to have situations where, okay, look, we're just going to have a black football league. We're going to have a black hospital so we can make sure we get good care. We're going to have employ a legal system that makes sure that we're not, that our people have a good attorney so they're not sentenced five times harsher than their white counterparts. At some point, we have to own this on our own because when you keep asking the people who run the system that has been designed to oppress you since day one, that doesn't even make logical sense. You would never ask a woman who's been abused by her husband to go back to that husband and ask him to help her rectify her life, to help get her life back on track. So why do we keep doing it? It makes no sense. So that being said, Michael, I really hope, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to this. A 66-year-old paraplegic woman on a secure, if y'all don't play on the highway, I can't, I cannot, I can't. I know I'm impassionate about this right now, but we just had a, a young man murdered by cops in his backyard, and now y'all going on this witch hunt for for Bennett, and, and, and it's infuriating to me. It is infuriating to me because we live in a time, and people say, oh, racism in America is getting so bad. It's not getting bad. It's been this way since the dawn of time. It's just now we have this alt-right regime that's made it okay. That's the only difference. It's not, it's not any worse. It's just okay. And trying to, to ask a system that's made that okay to, to do the right thing, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So stop asking and let's get together and let's, let's do our own thing to the point where we don't even need to ask y'all because if y'all ain't going to do it for me, I'm going to go over here to my own and live over there with my people and not get shot at and not have some lynch mob come after me because you mad that I protested your, your BS. Come on, y'all. Let's get it together. I know, again, these weekend episodes, you might want to really <laughs> evaluate if you want to listen to because me and Taylor Reed are black as hell. <laughs> so just just know that but if you if you can't take it that's okay because Timmy B and I will be back during the week just talking sports on the Game On podcast so you can hear that you can follow me on all things social media at Jerry the Fanatic or check me out online at jerrythefanatic.com till next week y'all stay black stay up stay safe we'll see you next week (laughs) 